Oh, we're not doing this again, are we? Hey, 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 put down that phone. What did I tell you? It's still not safe. You're still not safe. God damn it. Still. Still not safe. Run. Put that fucking phone down. Fine. I'll call you later, Grandma. Love you. Bye. So, <laughs> this is part two of, uh, the Halloween special of Two Ryan Crew. In case you didn't catch it the last time, I'm Ryan Fused. And I'm Ryan Barnett. And we're gonna totally shatter the format of this show. We're gonna break the mold. We're gonna tread new, uncharted territory. We're gonna shoot our goo, my dudes. <laughs> we are going to not structure this at all. And just fucking ramble about horror games for half an hour. Or rather... Well, we structured it a little bit, maybe. We got notes. Okay, structure is me desperately pulling us away from tangents. Okay, yeah. Trying to pull any semblance of structure into it. So, uh... I guess take a... Another... Change of pants. And turn the lights back on. Because, well... It's... To Ryan Crew. Only, uh... Spooky. Mm, spooktacular. Still not safe. Horror games. Horror games. Horror games. So, this one's an interesting topic, as I have an immense love for horror games. Oh, as do I. It's one of my favorite genres. However, this was definitely an acquired taste. Yes. As a child, <laughs> I used to hate scary movies, scary games, anything of the sort. I find that my love for horror entertainment and my love for hot sauce developed almost uh, parallel. So do you think there's a correlation there? I don't know. Do you like spicy food? Not particularly, no. <laughs> I don't know then. <laughs> but it was a very similar concept in which when I was very young, I hated... Yeah, you know, like I said, I couldn't stand horror games. I wouldn't play them. I wouldn't watch horror movies. But as I got older, I kind of got into it. The big change for me came as a teenager. The year I turned 13, I played Resident Evil. And yeah, Resident Evil... One? Resident Evil... I had the first one, the second one, and Resident Evil Zero. Okay. I turned 13 the year Zero came out. Hmm. Which I cannot remember what that is. 2002, maybe? You turned 13 the year that it came out. You are how much younger than me? Like three years? How old are you right years? now? 24. Maybe I'm missing something. 24. I'm 27. This is not important to anybody listening. No. Let's go on. We're going to cut that whole thing out, because I was like an idiot, so I was 13 when this came out, and then like, oh wait, I was only like eight? Let's move on. Let's cut that. I can't promise that I'm going to cut that, but let's move on. Oh, we're going to cut that. I edit the podcast, bitch. God damn it. Anyways, it changed for me as a teenager. I think it was the year Zero came out. I don't know. I was 13, I got Resident Evil 1, 2, and 0 all together in a bundle from a friend. Okay. So, 
that was really what cemented it for me. Like, damn, these games are awesome. I, I want more just like it. And so that's what led to, you know, playing things like Silent Hill and... And actually, so a lot of people don't consider this horror, but I think the Castlevania series is horror games. I don't define it as a traditional horror game, but it has horror elements. Yes, horror games are horror games. <laughs> Look at my English. <laughs> and actually, it was Castlevania that opened the door to me for uh, other horror games. Well, so that's an interesting thing. You don't define them as horror games, but they certainly have horror elements. I mean, you kill fucking Dracula. There's Dracula, Frankenstein's monster. All the classic horror monsters are in Castlevania games. It has a lot of the elements you would expect in a horror game, or right. a horror film, for that matter. Exactly. So. And I mean, me personally, like I said, I completely avoided them. I wouldn't go anywhere near Resident Evil. I'd already had a few games terrify me by this point which that's neither here nor there but i'm sure you know some of the ones that i'm referring to yeah i can think of a couple like some old ones too actually way back uh, in the... the one that traumatized me for life was uh weird dreams for the amiga yep that's <laughs> instantly came to mind as you talked about it yeah like that one made me avoid anything even remotely scary for shit i'd say a decade <laughs> but then I discovered uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, absolutely loved it. And that opened the door for me to discover things like Clock Tower, Silent Hill, Resident Evil. I had an interesting introduction to Castlevania. Did you? I played the god-awful N64 games first, before anything else. <laughs> Being that I was a Nintendo child, I owned a 64, and I was, I'm too young to have owned a, an NES or a Super Nintendo when they came out. I was treated to the... N64 Castlevania. The one with the game-breaking bug, where if you pick up items in the wrong order, you can't finish the game. I was about you say you were treated to it. Well, okay, I wasn't treated to it. <laughs> but I played it willingly. I, I got it myself. Like, I want to play that. That sounds interesting. Then again, you and a friend also completed Superman 64. Well, well completed, as much but... to... <laughs> close to completed as possible in that game, yeah. Right, of course, at the very end, you can't finish the game, but that's a different topic completely. I, um, you know, that game's horror too, but in all the wrong ways. It's horror in the same way that Saw is horror, in which you're just watching people being tortured. Yeah, it's, it's a train wreck. It is torture. You are being tortured when you play Superman 64. <laughs> and the scariest part is we didn't even realize it. We thought it was like just a normal, everyday, okay game well, back then. As a then. kid, you have a very bad concept of what's good and what's bad in terms of video games. We're going on a small tangent here. Oh, okay. You and I got into N64 emulation mm -hmm. a couple nights ago. Oh, yeah. And I brought yeah. up some games that I remembered fondly from my childhood. You were actually ranting and raving about how good uh, Battle Tanks was. I swore Battle Tanks 2 Global Assault <laughs> was, like, the best shit ever. Because I have such fond memories playing it with the, the aforementioned friend, who I also played Superman 64 with, which probably says a lot about his taste, too. <laughs> Because we played it for hours and hours. I thought it was awesome. And then we played it again. We played it for minutes and minutes. Yes! We played two levels. And I was like, oh, dear God. It what was, have I done? It was an unplayable wreck of a game. Holy <laughs> My shit. tastes have certainly matured. <laughs> and I'm sure we all have experiences like that. Of course, of course. But uh, Which actually, 
we always say this at the end of the episode, send us an email, send us a, a tweet, a twat, a twit, whatever. Yeah, of course. If you had a game that you used to love and then came back to as an adult and it turned out to be absolute dog shit and you just had rose tinted oh, glasses for us, please let us know. I'd love to hear some I of them. I love hearing about things like that. Please do tell us. <laughs> Might even give us an idea for something in the future to talk about. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> But back to the horror. Of course. I was first treated to Castlevania on the 64. Treated. Which, yeah, <laughs> are not good games at all. The worst of the series. Also, I'm going to say this. It's probably a sacrilegious opinion. I don't really love Symphony of the Night. Uh, My favorite Castlevania game is the original on the NES. Uh, I think that is the epitome of Castlevania. And I mean, for me, it's... I don't want to go on too many tangents on this episode, but it's the same reason that I like Final Fantasy VIII more than seven. Symphony of the Night was my first. So it was my first, first Castlevania game, so I have very fond memories of it. However, it doesn't matter that I played Castlevania on the N64 first. That was never going to be the favorite one. <laughs> it helps when the first game you play is also a good game. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Castlevania, which opened the door to other horror games, and... uh Horror games themselves over the years have matured and developed significantly. Originally, we just had these games with, well, intentionally bad controls and weird gameplay mechanics that would, from time to time, legitimately freak you out. So here's an interesting thought. Uh, both Resident Evil and Silent Hill have poor control. Like yes. The original entries in the series, and indeed for Resident Evil, most of the entries in the series. Yes. I've come to realize that's because if they had normal controls, the games wouldn't be scary. You could simply run past everything. Exactly. Like, I understand why the controls yeah. were limited in no, that, that way. No, that was... To increase in the tension. Intentional design. They did that for a reason. Definitely. Which is an interesting mechanic. That's one way of making... Working with what you have and making it scarier than it would be yeah. normally. Like I said on uh, part one of this episode, the... Technical limitations actually make for a more terrifying game. I know there was one game that I played uh, when I was younger. I don't remember. I don't remember the system it was on, but it was um, Alien vs. Predator. And was it a Sega? Yeah, Sega CD, Sega Saturn. I think Alien vs. Predator was on a Sega system. I'm not sure which one. I don't know. I the only Sega system I ever owned was a Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Dreamcast, but I remember having a disc for it. So maybe it was CD or Saturn. Definitely might have been. I I I just. Really think there was one last second. Yeah. Anyways, but anyway, go on. This game wasn't by default a horror game, but the game had serious um, memory limitations. So it could only play a sound effect of the um, alien when the alien is right was, up on you. Was that the one where you got to play as like a, a soldier, as a marine? Yes. Yes. Okay. You could play as soldier, alien, or um, predator. All right. As I've seen people play that before. Just through various clips yeah, online. I've never actually played it myself. It's actually terrifying just because they can't make sounds due to the technical limitations until they're right up on you actually attacking you. Okay, well, uh, same token. Doom. We don't think of Doom as really scary. Oh, well, I mean, no. It's got monsters. You gun down right. the monsters. Right. Doom on the Atari Jaguar is terrifying because <laughs> there's no soundtrack. It's just you and the monsters making noise. You are right. <laughs> and I mean, the thing about Doom, which... Since we're talking about horror games, I do want to kind of smoothly segue into this, now that I see the chance for a smooth segue. Okay. So what makes... The reason that we don't think of Doom as a horror game is because of your arsenal. That's right. Because you're well-equipped. Just now, like 
in Resident Evil, when you get a grenade launcher, you're no longer scared of zombies. Right, so let's talk about the problem that modern horror games occasionally face. The problem where in most modern horror games you're not equipped at all? I'm referring more to the uh, later Resident Evil entries and... Uh, well, that's because Resident Evil morphed Left 4 Dead. horror into other things. Right. And Left 4 Dead is right. more of a shooter than a horror game. And I'm going to say, in modern times, we've fixed that problem. But I know for about six or seven years, we were having a serious issue where horror games were just doom. Actually, I understand what you're getting at. Between, like, 2005 and 2013... There, that was where we went, saw a lot of the changes in the genre. Resident Evil 4 came out, and that pretty much revolutionized how Resident Evil games are made and played. And that was actually that was a good balance, Resident Evil 4. It had scary moments. It that did, were... but it was not nearly as scary as the previous ones. Well, no. No, but the gameplay was, unlike the other games, fun. Really fun, yes. <laughs> I will say, of all Resident Evil games, Zero is my favorite because it's the first I played, but 4 is a close contender. Because it is the most fun to play. And I mean, we're talking about horror games, so this might be a bit sacrilegious of me, but 5 is my favorite Resident Evil. See, and 5 doesn't really have as many scary moments. It's more it's, like a suspense, it's not thriller a horror kind game. of thing. Yeah, 5 is an action game. It's an action game, and it's about the, the tension, the suspense, being starved for ammo, surrounded by hordes of enemies. Right. It's not like horror in the traditional no. sense. And actually, you know, it's funny that you would mentioned Doom, because uh, Doom 3... I, I was wanting to bring up Doom 3, actually, yeah. when I said that, yeah. That was a legit horror game. Yes, it was. You are starved for ammo, which is so rare for a Doom game. <laughs> so I know Doom has a lot, of, a lot of Doom games have come out over the years, various versions of it. Of course. The only ones I've played have been the original Doom and Doom 3. I don't want to make this entire episode about Doom because you know I could. I'm but... sure you could. Yes, Doom 3 was a horror game. Uh, Doom 1, 2, and... Some people call it 4, some people just call it, well, Doom. The newest the one? Yeah. It's Doom, some people call it Doom 4, but that was a return to the roots, where it's now just straight-up action. action. But yeah, Doom 3 was an interesting experiment to kind of say, let's take this <laughs> franchise and try to make it an actual horror. I was on the fence on Doom 3, I don't know. It was when I was still getting into horror games as a whole. However, from that same time period as Doom 3... The Fear Games came out. Oh, the first God, the Fear, Fear game. Games. That was the perfect balance of action and horror. The first Fear the Game. The first one, yeah. The first one. I haven't played the other ones And to be series, fair, neither have I. But the first one I have fond memories of as being a good shooter and also a very creepy setting. And it actually, was... what did it for me was I didn't know about the horror elements of the game. I it's called the... fucking fear. But it's like F E A R. I thought it was a fucking acronym, which it, it was. It is an acronym. Yes, <laughs> it's exactly what it is. But so I'm playing this game, and it starts off for actually a huge chunk of the game is like a Call of Duty esque shooter. I don't understand. You're shitting me. The advertisements for the games featured the almost seen... creepy little girl. I like it looks seen... like the ring in a video game. I haven't seen any ads for it, and when I had rented it from Family Video, it was in a generic box. Oh. I literally went in blind. I knew it was a horror game, and I played it thinking, well, it's also a shooter. Might not be that scary. I'm still kind of new to this. Could be a fun time. And I played it with <laughs> friends, too. There's like three of us crowding around the PC, playing it together. And it... It did scare me, even with it's a, even with friends around. Really scary game. It's a really fun shooter and a pretty good horror game. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good a good title. 
And actually, I do have one very fond memory of fear. I don't remember... Oh, shit, I might be fucking this up so bad. I don't know if it was fear now that I think about it. <laughs> oh, boy. But um, it had multiplayer. Fear had multiplayer, yeah. Good and multiplayer, too. On the PC, there were multiplayer maps. Yeah. Somebody made a custom map of the first level of um, Duke Nukem 3D. I'm pretty sure it's fear. And I remember um, <laughs> this friend of mine from Wisconsin. He had come over, and it was a group of five of us. We were all playing. And we were playing the Duke Nukem level, and I catch my friend from Wisconsin in the theater just looking at the um, porn movie that's playing. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I wanted to be fair, so I'm like, hey, I'm about to shoot you. Why aren't you moving? And he was like, I think I recognize this one. <laughs> I know that girl. Yeah, I was like, I think I recognize this movie. <laughs> but yeah, fear was pretty good. Um... And I mean, of course, we're trying to, despite our many tangents, we're trying to kind of do this progression of horror games. You were talking about, like, Resident Evil. Well, sort of, yeah, we started early on. This is early in my horror career, I suppose. Because then, of course, now as a a young adult or whatever, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) mid-20s, as from the very first episode of this podcast... We play games like Downfall, which deal with very adult fears that I would maybe not have phased me so much as a teenager. Horror, but now, as a man, I find them terrifying. Horror gaming has matured. Yeah. Greatly. I would say so. We're now dealing with things that are... Well, listen to our first episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Downfall is, like to me, the epitome of horror games. Honestly, and me too. I understand it wouldn't have that effect on somebody who maybe wasn't quite as mature as we are like if yeah. you were 12 years old and you wanted to be scared you'd, downfall, play, you'd play resident evil or silent hill you wouldn't exactly, play downfall exactly it's a very adult fear it's um the one thing that makes me think of adult fear is actually uh the stephen king novel pet cemetery perfect where his toddler runs into the path of a semi barreling down the road like that's an adult fear right that is scary as hell. That That is horror. It's like what I said in the very first episode. Uh, when it comes to horror gaming, you know, throw all the zombies, demons, and vampires you want at me. I can take it in stride. But when you take a real issue and make it... And you present it to me in a way that I can suddenly relate to, in which I couldn't previously... Yeah. I'm now horrified. Exactly. Like We've been slaying Dracula since we were six. He doesn't exactly. bug us anymore. But in the case of Downfall, we're now dealing with, like severe mental illness and, like, anorexia. Things that could actually affect you in real life. Right, and they're presented in ways you're like, oh, shit, I get it now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's scary, man. Although, this is another pretty good segue here, because there are some games that still do traditional horror that are incredibly effective, such as the sadly short-lived PS4 demo of P.T. Yes. Uh, anyone who had the pleasure of playing that game probably laments its destruction now. Oh, God, yeah. It was... Since it's no longer available on the PS network. It was a free demo made by um, Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro, which match made in heaven. Yep. And it was a yeah, very, was a game very short a demo. game. took about three hours to fully beat. Shit, not even that if you knew what to do. Oh, right, but I remember... But then again, it's one of those... So we talked about this just very recently. We went over our three horror games, part one. They all had right. gimmicks. And once oh, you saw this the gimmick, was gimmicky, yes. Once you saw the gimmick, it wasn't scary. However, P2 
PT still maintained enough of an atmosphere. It was pretty creepy, the atmosphere even if was, you knew the gimmick. Yeah, the atmosphere was terrifying, and the jump scares were effective. And I actually remember clearly the first night that you played this game, it was a group of about six of us hanging out in my apartment. Uh, me and another friend of ours had left to go get the pizzas. And you got to return just in we time returned to, to and, hear the rest of us screaming in terror. Right, because you had locked the door, so we knocked on the door to uh, let you guys know we were back. And all we heard was just this horrified scream. <laughs> we had encountered a particularly nasty jump scare at that time, and it phased all of us. The timing was beautiful. I will say it was the first horror game that I've played that maybe have like a physical out loud reaction. Actually, yeah. The, the last time it happened to me was when I played Fear as a teenager, and then when I played PT it <laughs> happened again. Yeah, it, that's, that's a rare thing to it, actually make me like yell out in yeah. fear. Yeah, like that never happened to me until PT, but then the first time that you encounter uh, Lisa, the ghost, the first time you encounter her, I legit dropped my controller and screamed. Because you don't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> it was so effective. <laughs> Very well done. So there is one more modern horror game. You and I haven't even discussed before. I haven't brought it up to you. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's called Layers of Fear. I've never heard of this. All right, Enlighten so, me. I really enjoy watching James and Mike Mondays on YouTube. Sure. It's a spin-off from the Angry Video Game there. Of course. It's their like Let's Play thing. Right their idea of it. This is two dudes on a couch, kind of like us, playing hey, games. Hey, that sounds familiar. So for October, they've been playing horror games. Hey, and I actually found it through them. They were playing it. You play as a, a psychotic painter. And okay. you go through your like Victorian mansion, unraveling the secret of where your family has gone, while also completing your master painting, huh. like your magnum opus. And it all blends together really well. It's almost Lovecraftian in a way. It's very mind-screwy. And then there's elements of love and loss mixed in with the horror, so it makes it all that more scary. And just this idea that you're like a schizophrenic painter, and what you see is through his eyes, and may or may not even be real, oh. makes it terrifying. I'm going to have to get that. I'd never even heard of that game until just now. It's a fairly short game, and again, it's a game you play through once. There's not much more to do after that because it's pretty linear. Yeah. But yeah, I saw it from them, and that made me play it like the day uh, their video on it came out. Like, damn, this is amazing. Ah, shit. You should, have, uh, you should have sent that to me earlier. Wow. I'm going to have to look into it now. So that one is a really, a really good modern horror showing. And I guess to kind of bring this rambling into its final section. So, you know, we've talked about kind of the early horror games, the weird period of action horror. Mm -hmm. You know, where we are now with kind of the, I guess, back to its roots, actually scary and mature yeah. themes in horror. So I guess kind of what I want to talk to you about is uh, where do you think it's all going? I don't know. So we've got, we've got the new Resident Evil coming out. It's going back to like Which is going back to its roots style, from what I can yeah. tell, yeah. I really don't know where it'll go. I think it'll probably repeat in a cycle like that endlessly. See, here's what makes me unsure that it's going to go in a cycle. I think we might be seeing some uncharted territory here with the advent of um, VR. Well, isn't that really what it would go, come down to anyway? So that once you get VR, it goes right back in a cycle. Because now suddenly 
fighting zombies and stuff is fun again in VR. But I mean... And so it becomes a gimmick for horror games. I think that maybe... I'm hoping with VR horror that we've kind of... Now that we've seen the full spectrum of horror gaming and what it's capable of, I'm hoping that, sure, we'll get our zombie-killing games, our vampire-killing games, but I want to see some shit like Downfall in VR. I think we may have jumped the gun with the VR, that it may not actually be the next step in gaming. And if it is, maybe we're a little bit too early. Like, I think there's going to be a lot more that goes on with the consoles and trying to do various things before everything fully switches That's to VR. That's fair. I mean, to be fair, there's not a killer app for VR yet. Well, no, it's... Honestly, there hasn't been a whole lot for it in general. No. Like, it's a really cool thing, but it doesn't I mean, seem like it's the future of gaming yet. No. It will um, be in the future, but the technology just hasn't I, caught up to where it needs to be to be satisfactory I'm actually sitting it. here. I'm ready to pull the trigger and get an HTC Vive. But I'm waiting for just, like, the one really good game to come out. That's the limitation of it, because, see, it's on a phone. So what are you well, going to do with HTC it? Well, HTC Vive isn't on a phone. HTC Vive is the one you plug into your uh, PC, like an Oculus Rift. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah. that. The last VR you and I used was a phone. Yeah, so. we used a Gear VR, which in itself was pretty impressive. It was. Which I'm half tempted to link a video into our description of your first experience with VR. Why not? If it's on YouTube, it's free game. It's still on YouTube. I'll go ahead and link it. Your first time experiencing VR, we had uh, we had both had a few drinks, and you were still drinking during this video. And I had uh, placed you through this kind of VR music visualizer, and you were just... You were having a ball. Yeah, it was a fun time. <laughs> it was a pretty cool program. Yeah. It definitely wouldn't make me buy a VR headset, but it was a cool thing. But that's... We're not talking about VR in this episode, we're talking about horror games. So the future of horror games, like I said, if VR is not going to be it, maybe we'll see... Maybe Downfall is going to be kind of the uh, trend here, where we're going to see more mature themes explored in this more traditional horror maybe, game setting. Maybe. I feel... Uh, maybe through indie horror games. Because through the big studios, I'll never get touched. You'll never see something like that from a big-name studio. Yeah. Ever. And the big-name studios dictate... How the industry moves. So. Sadly, yes. Although we've had, we've had big-name games deal with really heavy issues before. I mean, Metal Gear Solid has a decent number of those. But none that are presented in a way that isn't unpalatable to advertisers. I mean, you're right. They can, they you're can right. still heavily commercialize Metal Gear Solid. Correct. There's no way in hell you could heavily commercialize Downfall. Exactly. Or Cat Lady, for that matter. Yeah, these are games that are too real and gritty to ever do that with. Yeah. Even Silent Hill, it tries... It touches on really heavy shit. But it never outright says it. Exactly. That's a lot, a lot of times what happens. And that was definitely the, uh, the big benefit to Downfall. It wasn't bound it by that kind of thing? It straight up talks about some of the shit that, it, that makes people uncomfortable. And I think there are other things that make people uncomfortable that get talked about openly in video games that are also horrifying. For example, Spec Ops line. It is... Oh, that's actually a good example. It is Apocalypse Now in game form. Right. And like, I was sick of it. I've read Into the Heart of Darkness. I've seen Apocalypse Now <laughs> play Spec Ops line. I've seen the same story three times over. <laughs> and I understand it's got some dark and heavy themes about the horrors of war. 
but that's also why it was acceptable for a big name studio to release it is because it was already well done in book and film. Correct. And it's a story right. people know and really are comfortable with already, even though it deals with it's some right. strange it's things. It's very fucked up territory, things. but it's a very familiar fucked up yeah. territory. So Whereas we get indie horror games that go into uncharted fucked up territory. And that's really where horror shines, in my opinion. Horror, I guess to sum it up, what defines horror for me is a plunge into the absolute unknown. But the unknown is something that currently exists that I'm just not personally familiar with. Well, and other times it can hit too close to home, too. Maybe you are familiar with Oh, of course, it. of course. Or it's a plunge into the unknown, but it's the unknown that I personally have had to encounter. But... To the mass populace consuming this particular medium, it is an unknown. So, you know, horror, I guess, is really shining a light on things that people suffer from that the mass that the masses might not be familiar with. Yeah, and when it presents it in a very gritty, realistic, and relatable light, it becomes terrifying. And that's real horror. And so I think, well, you ask where it's all going, we'll still have both. We'll get all of our goofy zombie slaying games and our vampire slaying games. Which are fun. We'll, yeah, They're exactly. Great, They'll never die games. out for that reason. I don't want to die we'll those get, at all. And we'll also get more horror games that deal with themes that are terrifying and genuinely scary. And actually, I don't, I don't mean to just like dick ride this guy constantly, but you know what we are getting soon. In the third game in the uh, Cat Lady and Downfall series. Ah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Orlai's coming out. Orlai. <laughs> That'll be an interesting one. Can't wait to play that. For all the praise we heap on his first two games, <laughs> the third one better be fucking perfect. I'm actually worried that we might have hyped it up too much by now. <laughs> but, uh... There we go. That'll be a, a fascinating entry in horror games. You know we're doing an episode about it when it comes out. Almost certainly. You know we are, man. But anyway, uh, I mean, horror gaming, that's just kind of our thoughts on it. You know, yeah. It's being Halloween and all. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we've taken a different route here. We've broken the mold. I don't know. If you like it, if you don't like it, let us know. There yeah, can I mean, be more course... like this for other times, other holidays, other just, retrospectives just... on yeah, various I mean... genres, whatever. This is just kind of thing where, to be honest, I didn't want to record Halloween weekend. So we just kind of threw something together here. Talked about one of our favorite topics to talk about. Yeah. And, I mean, cutting it down to half an hour is difficult. We could have really been here, shit, three or four hours just discussing horror gaming. But nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> There's a lot we didn't touch on. There's a lot that Shit, we Shit, nobody want wants to, to hear into. our half hour. Exactly. So you know what? I'm going to stop it in 29 minutes and 30 seconds. On the dot. Well, hey, you know, uh... Thanks once again for listening to another episode of Two Ryan Crew. This was part two of our uh, horror gaming special, our horror gaming spectacular. <laughs> well, that was a very spectacular spectacular, wasn't it? Perhaps even a spooktacular. Ooh. Ooh. Mm.
uh, you know, I mean, you didn't have to sit there for the whole half hour that we rambled about that shit, but you did, so thanks. Why the hell are you listening to us on Halloween? Come on, man. It's Halloween. Go either trick or treat or get drunk, or both. I don't know your life. I don't know you. But hey, I could know you. And one way that I could know you is if you email us. So why don't you send us uh, questions, comments, suggestions for new games, pictures of blue-footed boobies. Mmm, love the blue-footed boobies. And actually, as we said earlier, no joke, if you've played a game from childhood recently and it absolutely disappointed you and made you miserable for a couple of days, please tell us. Oh yeah, I really please. want to hear about that. You can uh, go ahead and email us all of that at uh, 2 Ryan Crew at gmail.com. That's the number 2, ryancrew at gmail.com. And if you want to send us a twit, a twote, a twat, I don't fucking know. You can do that. Our Twitter handle is 2RyanCrewCast. That's at the number 2, RyanCrewCast. And boy, I hope I got that one right on the first part of this episode, because I'm second-guessing myself now. <laughs> we'll go back and listen to it. <laughs> or not. I'm lazy. It's Halloween. So probably not. So just have a good Halloween, guys. So hey, if you tried to tweet to us after listening to part one and didn't get a response, uh, my bad. Send it to the new one that we just said back there a few seconds ago. Yeah, that one. So hey, uh... Happy Halloween, trick-or-treat safe, don't drink too much, and, uh, hey, also do yourself a favor and don't watch the remake of Rocky Horror Picture Show, because that sure ruined my Halloween. <laughs> Alright, good advice. This has been To Ryan Crew.